0: Have you ever actually wondered if you would have better success if you just dropped everything else that you're doing that's kind of consuming your time, wasting your time, and so forth, and then you know just picked up the telephone to call someone? Or maybe just actually type the email that's going to be the first email that you ever send to your prospect. Or, Figuring out what would be the direct message that you might send to somebody on LinkedIn or what might actually be the script that you would say to somebody if you did a walk-in visit even this day. You know what? That's what we're going to talk about today on the Millionaire Insurance Producer Podcast. What's up, Permission Nation? My name is Charles Specht and I teach insurance agents how to quote less, win more often, and build a $1 million or more book of business through signed broker of record letters. Whether you're a brand new producer just starting out or you've been grinding it out year after year, you're in the right place to learn how to grow your book. I teach insurance producers my step-by-step 12X framework that helps you get the incumbent agent fired and you hired. After all, why waste time quoting when you can win with one signature? If you're looking for a proven system to help you 12x your book of business, then visit my website at www.12x.club to see how it's done. Otherwise, kick back, turn up the volume, and remember, quoting is for the week. This is the Millionaire Insurance Producer Podcast. Hey, everybody. Charles Specht here, the host of the Millionaire Insurance Producer Podcast. And I'm glad you are with me today. It's been a minute. I'm glad to be back with you guys. And today I want to kind of hit you on the knuckles a little bit. I want to do what uh, you know Mike Tyson said. I think actually he's the one who's this is attributed to. He said that everybody has a plan, you know, for the fight when they go into the fight. But as soon as you get punched in the nose, the plan kind of gets tossed out. You don't have a plan after you get punched in the nose. And so I'm going to be talking right now about what we need to do in order to get punched in the nose so that we throw. throw. Throw out whatever it was that we were planning to do. And right now, just put up our dukes and start battling. Here's really the issue is that today I want to talk about just shut up and prospect. But I want to be careful because I don't like, I don't want to come, I don't want to come across as negative. I want to be positive. I don't want to, I don't really like the phrase shut up. So if, Hey, maybe you like this, close your mouth and send emails. Close your mouth and use LinkedIn. Stop whatever else you're doing and actually just do some prospecting. You wanna know why? Here's the issue. Okay, you guys know that I work with insurance agents. I am retained by insurance agencies, typically on a part-time basis, to work with not usually all their producers, but usually some sort of a carve-out. Many times it's like the, the newer producers um, or those producers who have, say, just you know, sub one, $1 million dollar book of business. And so I'm working with those producers, and here's what I typically find: a lot of these producers will even hire me themselves, and they'll say, "Charles, I, I'm just kind of like stuck in a rut right now." I am not doing what I know I should be doing. I'm just not prospecting. I've been, I've been busy doing other stuff, but I haven't really been putting in the time to make phone calls. I haven't really sent emails. I haven't done any walk-in visits. I haven't even been asking people for referrals. I haven't been going to any networking events. And so my response to them is typically something like this, man, what have you been doing? What have you been doing? You know what? The insurance business is an awesome industry. It's kind of an awesome industry for a number of different reasons, but what is beautiful about this industry is that very often you get a chance to make your own calendar. You get a chance to make your own schedule, but that's also sort of a catch 22 for a lot of people, and that very often they're not actually in charge of their calendar. They are becoming a slave to other things rather than making their calendar their time, the eight to five if you will, something that works for them. Is that you? Is that you? I would assume even if it's not you right now, it has been you at times in the past or who knows, right around the corner now, it's going to be one of those times. Look, we're human. I'm human. You're human. We all kind of deal with this stuff from time to time. We get a little bit lazy at times. We start to get lackadaisical. We start doing something after a while, and then we forget what it's actually like to prospect. Uh, There's a lot of different reasons why this might happen. And so here's my advice to you. Shut up and start prospecting. I don't want to hear your excuses anymore. (laughs) Now, that's what I'm thinking very often when I'm talking to my clients and talking to other insurance agents who are in this, who are in this uh, situation. But I always, I, I, th- I would say that I very rarely ever say anything like that. I certainly don't say it to that level because, man, I've been there, I've done that, and I wouldn't want somebody necessarily to say that to me. But at the same time, you know what, maybe that's what you need right now. You need somebody to just throw a little little truth your way. Uh, that's not going to sugarcoat it. That's really just going to kind of remind you, what are you doing here? What is your job title? Last I checked, it's called producer. Stop referring to yourself as advisor. That's not what you weren't. You're not hired to advise. You were hired to produce. That's what you do. Advising is a part of that. But if you don't produce, you will get fired, right? We're all on the same page on that one, aren't we? You don't produce, you will get fired. You can give out lots of advice and get fired. If you produce, you're going to stick around a while. You're going to make some money. You're going to be able to build your book to a million dollars or more. At the end of the day, there's lots of things that you as an insurance agent can do, will do, ought to be doing, but the main thing that you ought to be doing, the one thing that is the most important is prospecting. Prospecting. It all boils down to prospecting. Now, with that said, there's a lot of different ways in which you can prospect. You, as an insurance agent, have your own unique strengths and weaknesses on how you actually prospect. You might be absolutely awesome on the telephone. You might be the best cold caller on your side of the Mississippi. There might not be another single insurance producer who is as good at you at dialing seven digits and talking to people. That's awesome. Then make it happen. If you are good at doing cold calls, how many cold calls do you make in a week? No, I'm still waiting for an answer. How many cold calls do you make in a week? Here's something that I think is fairly normal. Unfortunately, most insurance agents will make less than 25 phone calls, prospecting phone calls in a week. Truth. Many of them won't do five. Depends upon where you're at. If you're not going to make phone calls, what are you going to do then? Maybe you will use LinkedIn or Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or something like that. Maybe social media is what you're going to be doing. You're going to be doing social media prospecting. Great. You know, have you been doing it? No, I'm waiting for an answer. Have you been doing it? How about email? Have you been sending out emails to your prospects? I mean, getting emails is one of the easier things to actually do. I mean, you can even get a lot of your prospects emails from LinkedIn. Even if you did walk-in visits to these businesses, they'll usually give you business cards, and on those business cards have emails. You might even be able to talk to a gatekeeper and say, hey, I'm trying to get in contact with Bob, but before you shoot me over to his voicemail, what's his email? I'll go ahead and send him an email about us and our company and my insurance program for plumbers, and if he's interested, then he can respond to me. Why not just ask that question and just get that email and just start sending emails? How many emails have you sent in the last week? No, again, I'm waiting for your answer. How many? Here's the thing. If you're not prospecting, you're not selling. If you're not prospecting, you're not selling. Prospecting can take lots of forms. You might be able to prospect even to current clients by gathering referrals and having them do telephone calls or emails on your behalf. You can certainly even set up prospecting with centers of influence where you are working with them and trying to set up Um, relationships with other people that you know are going to be sending you that business. So there's a lot of different ways to do this, okay? But just think about this. Prospecting is your number one focus as a producer. If you are not focused on prospecting, something is wrong. If right now you're not focused on prospecting, Something else is taking your time. It's stealing your attention. It's robbing you from being able to get the things that you want done. So I really want you just to be quiet and start prospecting. And with that said, there's a few ways in which to actually prospect. Try to figure out your top three Your top three ways in which to prospect. And some of the ways in which to prospect are, for example, telephone call. You can send emails. You can do social media. You can do walk-in visits. You can send text messages. You can send postcards like direct mail. Um, You can get referrals. You can talk to centers of influence Um, there might be one or two others out there that you can do as well, but usually there's like, I don't know, eight, nine different ways in which to prospect. Let's just call it 10. Maybe you can come up with 10 different ways in which to prospect. Great. Brainstorm, figure it out, figure out what it is for you and your agency. And then I want you individually, you, not your marketing department. I want you because we're talking direct prospecting here, not something that somebody else does for you. Okay. I'm talking about direct prospecting. You actually making the, the, the email and sending it. You actually doing the social media content, spending your time on there, commenting, liking, talking to different people, making the actual phone calls yourself. That is direct prospecting. I want you to come up with three main ways to prospect. Put them in order of your preference. And by preference, I mean, which one are you best at? Which one are you second best at? Which are you third best at? And by best, I mean... What kind of results are you getting based upon the amount of time that you're spending? So I would say, for example, you might have to track this over the course of time. I have my clients track this over the course of time. I feel that it's very important. We wanna track it on a weekly basis. Figure out how many telephone calls you are gonna make in a week. Okay, track it. How many emails are you going to make in a week? Track it. How much time on social media are you going to spend in a week? Track it. So, for example, if telephone calls is your number one, if you can make, for example, a minimum of 15 phone calls in an hour, right, you should probably make closer to 20, but let's just say you even did 15. If you're going to only do three hours a week at 15, that's going to put you at 45, 45 calls in a week. That doesn't really sound like too much, but at the same time, I had to pull out my little calculator because I'm not that smart. I got to use it because I'm not that great at math, but 45 times 52 is 2,340 cold calls. I want you to start thinking on a weekly basis, but annualize it. Weekly basis, but annualize it weekly basis, but annualize it. Even if you only did five walk-in visits to five different types of prospects in a year, but you're doing that over the course of 52 weeks, that's 1300 different businesses you could be doing walk-in visits on. Imagine how many broker of record letters you might get just by doing those walk-in visits. I once had a client. I did one-on-one coaching with her for a time. I She was in the mastermind for a time. And she's with a small agency, not in a very sort of urban, a little bit more in the sticks. Uh, but she was kind of fearless in going out and actually doing walk-in visits. So we were talking about putting together the broker of record letter and so forth. And she started just going to business, to business, to business, talking to them, letting them know that she's local. She wants to take over their insurance. If they wanted her to become the agent, they could sign the broker of record letter right now. It'll take a couple of days, but the policies will get switched over. She will then become their agent. She went on, did walk-in visits one day, got three new clients via signed broker record letter just by doing walk-in visits. Now, they weren't huge accounts, but they were the sort of bread and butter that her agency was looking for. I'm just telling you, be quiet and prospect. Are you a local insurance agent struggling to find markets for your clients? Look no further than Nationwide Brokerage Solutions. So let's just kind of like start to figure out a little bit of numbers here again, right? Let's just say, I would I would say like, what if you could just do less than an hour a day? Let's just do this. I'll do three hours of cold calls a week, and we're going to call it 18 calls because I usually say it's going to be anywhere between 18 and 22 calls in an hour, okay? So that would put you at three times 18 is 54 calls a week okay I want you to think about this I just imagine what you would be able to get done on an annualized basis if these became your week after week after week after week after week okay now we've got emails okay emails let's say you sent, Really, it, it's not hard to do emails because, frankly, if you do the right email, you can cut and paste. Create the email, email number one, cut and paste, cut and paste, cut and paste, It change the person's name. You could probably send out, no problem, 25 emails a day times, let's just do this 25 times, do, 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 25 times five times 52. 6,000. Man, is this right? 6,500. 25 times 5 times. Do that 52. Yeah, 6,500 emails. Man, good thing I got a calculator. All right, so we've got 54 calls in a week. And by the way, how many calls was that over the course of a year? Wow, 2,808 calls. 2,808 calls, 6,500 emails. Now let's talk social media, for example. Hey, business to business, we might be doing LinkedIn, right? How much time might you spend on LinkedIn? Well, tell you what, that is a little bit more difficult to uh, quantify the sort of ROI that you're getting on it. But I would tell you that you should probably be spending anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour a day on LinkedIn. Normally me, I spend most of my time on LinkedIn even before people like get out of their bed and like eat their breakfast and they're at the office. I typically do it. Um, certainly when I lived in California, I did it before um, five thirty am because two, three hours ahead, people were already at the office, so I had to do it. That was my sweet spot. I was just up drinking coffee, doing my my LinkedIn. You don't have to do it during business hours. In fact, the engagement goes down dramatically during business hours because people are out there doing business and they're not there necessarily checking social media. So you can do it in a number of different ways. But let's just say you spent 30 minutes, okay, 30 minutes. That would be two and a half hours a week. That would be 130 hours over the course of... The year. Now let's just do this. We're just going to add in an extra one walk-in. This is bonus, right? This is going to be bonus. Let's just say you're only going to do three, three different walk-ins in a week. In fact, what I would normally tell you is that you do a main walk into the business that you want to go in, you go to, and then as you're coming out, you go to whatever business is on the left and you go to whatever business is on the right. It's called the T rule, okay, with the, the, with the letter T. And so then every time you do one, you're actually doing three. So if you're going out, you do your one, you go to the one on the left, you go to the one on the right, that would be three. But if you're hitting three different businesses that you want to get to, and then you go to the left, you go to the right, you're actually hitting nine over the course of a week. You're right there. It's not like a lot of extra driving. It doesn't take that much time. So nine in a week, at five fifty-two 52 weeks is 468 walk-ins. Now- At this rate, by the way, you're going to be an absolute flat-out millionaire in a couple years if you just continue doing this. Now, this really isn't too much, especially if you are relatively new in the industry and you still have a lot of time to prospect. The more clients that you get, the more renewals you have, the more claims you got to deal with, the more servicing issues you have to deal with, and so you lose time to prospect the more successful that you get over the course of time. But here's what we're talking about. Cold calls... 2,808. How many appointments can you set if you did 2,800 cold calls? I mean, a lot, right? How about if you sent 6,500 different emails to different businesses? Wow. What if you spent 130 hours on LinkedIn doing commenting, hitting the like button, and sending out a few direct messages every once in a while. How many appointments would you get if you did those nine per week walk-ins? 468 walk-ins in a year. Now, let me just once again summarize that because... Just shut up and prospect. That's really the issue. Just stop what you're doing and prospect. Stop wasting time and prospect. Get focused. These are what could be your weekly numbers. And then when you annualize it over the course of the year, you really can start to see how good this would be if you followed through. So, Cold calls, 2,800 different businesses. How many appointments would you set? Therefore, when you're going on those appointments, how many different broker of record letters could you get? Here's the thing. like Again, I say this very often. You don't have to quote. You can prospect. You can set appointments. You can meet with people. You can ask for the broker of record letter. And if they say, no, you don't have to quote. You don't have to quote. You can just simply say, I'm a professional. I already understand how to quote. I know which carriers are writing the business. I already have relationships with the underwriters. I don't need to actually go through this process because the competition doesn't take place at my level. That is, it doesn't take place at the level of the agent. The competition really takes place at the carriers. They're the ones who actually put the, together the quotes. So I have my own systematic approach to ensure that the underwriters sharpen their pencils and give me the absolute best best quotes that would be available for your account every single year. So going through the quoting process actually hinders you from getting the the better options because there's too many agents involved, and so it dilutes the motivation of the underwriters to even want to work on your account. So you would be better off choosing one agent to represent you in the marketplace, having that agent then going and getting all the quotes from the underwriters, getting them to compete against one another, and that's going to produce the greatest results for you. If you decide that I'm not the one to do that to represent you, that's okay we can still be friends. I'm just not going to move forward quoting because it's actually a big waste of time, both for you as well as myself. I already know how to quote. What I really know how to do is get you the results that you want. So again, you don't have to quote. I would tell you don't quote. Don't quote. Now, you can quote if there's certain things, but for the sake of argument here, you just don't have to. You could simply just keep prospecting, setting appointments, uncover the problems, present your timeline of services, put a line in the sand and say, in order to do business with me, it requires one signature on a piece of paper, terminating the relationship with the other agent, doing business with me and my agency, and we will give you these services going forward effective immediately. Take some guts, right? Yeah, that's why we're professionals. I mean... Again, just kind of blindly doing quotes. I can hire a homeless guy off the street to do that. But you got hired because you're a pro. You got hired because you're a producer. You got hired because you can sell. The question is, can you prospect? That's different than selling. Prospecting is a numbers game. Selling insurance is a relationship game. I say it very often and it is true. Even as we're talking about all these numbers, prospecting is a numbers game. We work the numbers in order to get what we want. Just using those cold calls, 2800 different businesses you call in a year, how many could you actually get to decide to meet with you? Let's say let's say that your numbers were terrible. You're just really bad at like making it happen, a hit ratio. Let's say you only get 3% of the people to want to actually set an appointment with you. Well, even 3% equals 84 different appointments. 84 different appointments over the course of the year just from cold calls. I would normally tell you that anywhere from 10 to 25% of the business owners that you meet with that agree to meet with you, you go on the appointment, they would likely sign your broker of record letter, okay? Anywhere from 0 to 25% of those business owners will sign your broker of record letter because they don't like their current agent. But you have to actually persuade them. So if you even only got 10% on those, like let's just say you got a ten percent ratio on your on your broker record letter, that would put you at eight point four new accounts that you could win in a year by not even having to quote, just doing prospecting, and then asking for the bor. Eight, we'll just call it eight accounts. Now we've got emails, sixty five hundred. Wow, what would be your open rate? What would be the ability to actually convert? Because every email should have, for example, a call to action. You want them to respond to you. Reply if you're interested in you know, lowering your insurance rates by 35%. Reply if you're interested in the loss control program that I have set up for Tennessee roofers. Um, you, know, you should have some kind of a call to action to it. And so if you sent out 6,500 emails, what might be your ratio? Let's say it was 1%. Oh, 1%. All right, that would be 65. 65 appointments come from that. And again, even if you only had 10% ratio, six and a half. So now you got eight accounts plus six accounts as 14 new business accounts you got so far. Then we do LinkedIn. 130 hours, again, a little bit more difficult to quantify because it definitely is something that you get better at, certainly you get better at as you're going over it. But 130 hours, man, you're probably going to set up some appointments, okay? Um, I'm just telling you that I would suspect that you could set up a fair number of appointments. <clears throat> as you're branding yourself, you actually have the ability to, to promote yourself as more of the go-to expert in that industry. Therefore, you have a lot more leverage with the prospect when you meet with them because they already know what to expect. They know what industry you're focused on and so forth. So I would actually tell you that your hit ratio is probably going to be a little bit higher on appointments that you set by doing LinkedIn. But let's just say, for example, out of those 130, you know, you, you set up, I don't know, we could just call it, I would say, 100 And I think that you could probably do about a 10% um, hit ratio. So you're going to end up getting 10 new clients based upon that. Uh, 10 new clients. Sorry, my dogs are going crazy, but it is what it is. Now we talk about walk-in visits. You've got 468 walk-in visits that you're doing over the course of the year. 468 walk-in visits. Imagine how many clients you could convert from 468 walk-in visits. How many appointments could you get? Many of those appointments will actually happen right then and there. I would usually tell you that probably around 20%, one out of five, will end up having a really good conversation with you right there. Um, they might say, come on back, let's have a, a longer, deeper conversation. It might just be 10 minutes up front at their at their counter, whatever it is, but it's usually going to start that way. Many of those, however, you actually set up an appointment to have a legitimate um, first or second appointment. But if you're doing 468, you know, I would venture to guess that you could probably get about, let's just call it, 150 appointments from that. And if you even had a 5% hit ratio, that puts you at, I think, 7.5%, i am not mistaken. Okay, 7.5%. right, here's the thing. We're not quoting. We're just doing these basics of prospecting, right? Three hours of cold calls in a week. 20, uh, three hours of cold calls um, in a week. That's it. Three hours of cold calls. 25 emails a day, which again, it's just cut and paste, cut and paste, cut and paste, cut and paste, cut and paste. Pretty simple. Um, Spending 30 minutes in LinkedIn and doing nine walk-in visits over the course of a week. Okay. Going into one, then going to the left and the right. Not that big of a deal. You probably do that right after even like lunch, for example. Uh, You would end up getting eight, six, 10, 17. All right. So we got 14 and 17. Again, my math is so bad. That's why I've got my calculator here. 31 plus, that's going to put you about 32 clients. 32 clients. Hmm. 32 clients. Let's say, for example, then out of those 32, you, uh, you're, you're not working on huge accounts, but they're $5,000 of revenue per account. That puts you at $160,000 of new business revenue that you would get not even having to actually quote. You're just doing prospecting and asking for the signed broker of record letter. If you're doing 30 account, 32 accounts at $10,000 of revenue, that puts you at $320,000 a year in new business annual revenue. These are legit numbers. I'm telling you, this isn't like just pulling numbers out of the sky. This is absolutely legit. I've done it. I have clients that do it. There's plenty of people that are out there doing it. It's just a matter of shut your mouth and prospect. Be quiet. Stop doing other stuff, do what you're paid for, make your money, build your book, become a millionaire insurance producer. There's no reason why you can't do it. Listen to me, no reason why you can't do it. I wanna say it again, no reason why you can't do it. Just start saying that to yourself. No reason why I can't do that. I believe in you. I know you can do it. You were hired for a reason. You chose an amazing industry. You chose the insurance industry. You're out there selling insurance. It might be personal lines, commercial, you might be doing employee health benefits. It doesn't matter what it is. You can absolutely dominate if you focus on doing what is necessary. The main thing that you have been hired to do is prospect, set appointments, convert those prospects into clients, period. Everything else is secondary. So, as I draw this to a close, I wanna encourage you. Those numbers that I just went at went over, you can do those no problem. That's not too hard. It frankly, that isn't even a full one day out of five of prospecting. Three hours of cold calls, cut and paste, 25 different emails, 30 minutes of LinkedIn in a day, um, and walk-in visits, however long that takes you, right? It's not even going to take a full day out of five. Imagine then if you did those same results for two days out of five. What if you doubled it? Could you do 64 new clients in a year? Absolutely. Absolutely it requires a team. It requires delegation. I'm not saying it just magically happens. There's definitely work that has to happen, but you know what? Getting clients is a whole lot better Uh, getting even too many clients is a problem that I wouldn't have a problem having. Not getting enough clients is a problem that'll get you fired. Which one do you choose? You can wake up tomorrow and keep doing what you've still been doing the whole time and get the exact same results, or you can shut your mouth and prospect. I don't mean that to be mean. I don't mean it to be rude. I want it to be encouraging because I know you can do this. The question is, do you think you can? And at the end of the day, that's a big question. My name is Charles Specht, and I am the president and CEO of Permission Sales, where I teach and train insurance agents just like you how to build a $1 million or more book of business. This is the Millionaire Insurance Producer
1: Podcast. Hey, agents, listen to this. Listen to this. What are we terrible at? Think of it. Think of it.